It's Monday. And it's April 13th. And the word of the day is omphaloskepsis, which means contemplation of one's own navel. Used in a sentence, after some intense omphaloskepsis, I correctly predicted that a shot of Jameson would indeed fit. <laughs> it was correct. It has to be Jameson, though. So, it was so weird. I spent all this time thinking that that was an Oompa Loompa venereal disease. <laughs> That's what you get when you guzzle down skeets. <laughs> I'm no illusion. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 12, Obama will put the kibosh on our straight-to-gay conversion clinics before we can even get them off the ground. <laughs> seven out of seven kids with rickets recommend vaccinations. The state of South Carolina feels like we pulled a fast one on them once somebody explained what women's suffrage meant. <laughs> and the NRA can't be held responsible for a bullet once it's left the rifle's jurisdiction. But first, the duo tribe. So by now, we've all seen the video. It's pretty depressing. A police officer stands about 12 feet away from a fleeing man and shoots him in the back. But on the off chance you haven't seen the video, take a wild guess what color the people on either side of the gun were. It's right, yeah. Probably. And I guess yeah. this is an isolated incident, but only in the sense that all incidents are isolated. The, the link between race and police violence in this country is absolutely undeniable. The odds of being stopped questioned, detained, arrested, harassed, shot, and killed all go up in direct proportionality of how white you aren't. Right. So as tempting as it is to spend the next seven minutes bitching about the injustice of our justice system, there's plenty of people already handling that for us. And honestly, most of them seem to think they have a perfect solution that would fix everything with one sentence. And as usual with that group, most of them are incorrect. So we decided instead to take a look at some of the proposed solutions to the problem and see what the data have to say on the big four, starting with... Number one, more diverse police forces. Right. One proposed solution is to hire a group of officers that better resembles the demographics of the local community. And intuitively, this sounds like a pretty good idea. Unfortunately, the stats don't necessarily support this policy plan. A study from 2003 by Brad Smith examined this exact issue and found... No significant relationship between the racial diversity of a police department and officer-related deaths. Nor was there a dip in racial profiling in the more diverse departments. And, and, and as surprising as this might sound, it shouldn't shock you. Studies on the racial di- distribution of tips, for example, show that both white and black customers tend to tip black servers less. You know, whites don't have a monopoly on racism. Right. Some amount of racism is innate for anyone with eyesight. Exactly. Tolerant people find ways to be aware of this. You know, you can intentionally suppress acting on racist thoughts, but you can't just get rid of noticing groups from your yeah, brain. Yeah, no, obviously there's a continuum here, and, and there are definitely actively racist cops that blame the Negroes for their hemorrhoids, but the point is that you don't have to be a dues-paying member of the Ku Klux Klan to let your racial bias slip into your police work. Right. That being said, greater diversity in the department certainly didn't increase the problem. So right. yeah, let's try to have police departments that aren't disproportionately white, as is often the case, but let's also try to find a solution that works for the problem. All right, well, how about... Number two, increased reliance on non-lethal weapons. Okay, so first, an important distinction on the language here. There's no such thing as a non-lethal weapon. You could probably kill somebody with a ravioli if you wanted bad enough. We have Patreon donors that could kill somebody with their foreskin. We do. So what we're really talking about are somewhat less lethal weapons. And that matters, this distinction, because like tasers, rubber bullets, pepper spray, all of that stuff can kill a person, and talking about it as a safe alternative to a firearm confuses the issue. 
But less lethal still does matter. For example, after the Ferguson shooting, we found out that Officer Wilson owned a taser but wasn't carrying it at the time of the incident. Now, granted, a grand jury refused to indict the guy for any wrongdoing, and maybe the taser wouldn't have mattered in that particular instance, but sometimes... That's going to save a life. I'm, right. I now, it, it is worth twice. noting here so that Michael Brown did have a physical condition that would have put him at high risk of death if a taser was used. But he also had a physical condition that put him at high risk of death if he was shot repeatedly in the head and body. So <laughs> yeah, he also balances from that out condition. Good point. And in response to all this, some have argued that less lethal versions of bullets might help. One proposal would be have officers carry a rubber bullet gun in addition to their existing weapons. And and some of them do, but the standard for police is to respond to a deadly threat with deadly force. And in my mind, that's a good standard. Pretty reasonable. You know, we're asking them to put their lives on the line for us, so we should err on the side of their safety. Tasers and rubber bullets are just less effective at neutralizing a deadly threat, and it isn't realistic to ask them to decide in seconds which weapon the current life-threatening situation calls for. Right. So we certainly don't want a policy that makes it hard for officers to protect themselves, but more to the point, when the situation is a guy shooting a fleeing suspect in the back, the problem isn't whether the standard is right, it's whether the standard is followed. Exactly. Which brings us to what seems to be the most talked about solution. Number three, body cameras. Yeah, so when you see the way the video changed the dynamic in North Charleston, it's really easy to make the case for body cameras, and in fact, the mayor already did that. Right. Even though police unions have resisted it, it's easy to see how the increased accountability would probably make things worse for a bad officer and also therefore make things better for good officers. Right. Now, the counterargument to that, of course, would be cases like uh, Eric Garner or even Rodney King, where there was video of the cops seeming to use excessive force and failing to get convicted. Obviously, even with pretty damning video, cops aren't always convicted or even charged. And sure, that's a depressingly good point, but that part of it might not even matter. We've already seen the numbers from departments with the cameras, and complaints against police officers have gone down significantly. We even have a randomized control trial in Arizona where the results are overwhelming as well. Wherever they put the cameras in place, police behavior improved. So it's not that the videos are helping us to find the bad cops so much as it's just preventing them from being bad in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, you don't see the video of the abuse that didn't happen. So even if the video isn't as useful as we'd like for punishing abuse— preventing abuse is a hell of a lot better than sorting it out later anyway. And from the solution that everybody's talking about to the one that nobody's mentioning... Number four, higher taxes. Okay, I guess if we wanted to be more bipartisan, we could have called this lower spending. But since it's damn hard to argue that a lot of municipalities with large minority populations are awash in money, we're calling it higher taxes. Right. Point being, the most underreported element of the DOJ's report on Ferguson was all that stuff about them using municipal fines and traffic tickets as basically their primary means of funding the city. So Yeah, it's the most underreported and perhaps the most disturbing as well. And when you look at the demographic information, there is no question that poorer people, who tend to be minorities, are way more likely to be hit with these kind of tickets and fines, which makes this like a doubly regressive tax. And even if we don't know exactly what percentage of the problem that represents, the incentives are clearly out of whack. You're going to have a hard time weeding out police abuse as long as police abuse is paying the bills. Heath, Noah. Hey, boss. Jerry, what's up? Have a seat. So, um, what's this all about? Well, there were a few line items on your 2015 depopulation budget proposal that I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about personally. All right, gotcha. I can explain the Norwegian hookers. That 
wasn't uh, I didn't see anything about Norwegian hookers. That's fine then. Don't it's it's under exercise right, equipment right. and gym membership. Point it out to him. Okay. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, let's talk about that one later. But my immediate concern was the four trillion dollars for chemtrail payoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, what about it? That was the that the whole doesn't thing. seem a bit high to you. Well, dude. That's a fucking bargain. Do you have any idea? I mean, all the pilots, all the ground crew, the chemists that mix the stuff. The factory workers that make it. Other chemists. The truck drivers that deliver it. Guys in the invisible helicopters. Barack Obama. Yes, yes, I I know, I know. The 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 airline company executives that distribute it. There are several new prostitutes every week. The guys that make the fake data. The guys that make assassins. Assassin killers. Lee Harvey Oswald. I know, I know. I looked over the itemization, but it, it just seems like the per conspirator rate was a little higher than it had to be. Well, dude, they're concealing the indiscriminate murder of millions of innocent people in their own country. That's not going to be cheap. You had to realize that. <sighs> All right, look, I, I I know you guys have been championing this whole chemtrail concept for a long time, but we might need to rethink it. Are you kidding me? The Fuck m- that, do you, dude. Do you know how much we have invested in the infrastructure alone on this I, well, thing? Yes, I do. It's it's $634 billion. Well, also, it's not like we could stop paying off all these pilots and shit if we stop poisoning the populace. They still know we did it. So. I know, I know. It just seems like we should really be exploring other delivery methods for the future. I mean, can't we just put the poison in the water system or something? Uh, no, because that's going to counteract the mind control with the fluoride, which oh, is the whole other Yeah, right. No, okay. Thing. I forgot about that. Plus, it tastes like shit. But it just seems to me that there has to be a more efficient way of reducing the population than blowing poison into the atmosphere from commercial jetliners. Well, I'm, I'm sure there is. But, you know, we, we tried the AIDS thing, and look what that got us. It's a disaster. Right, right. Bisexuals? Who ever heard of yeah, that? Yeah, never would have figured. Okay, well, what about maybe a food-based poison delivery system? Well, I don't know if we want to step on Monsanto's toes, do we? Those are oh, nice yeah. guys over there. No, good point. And are you honestly suggesting we stop... Randomly murdering Americans with sky cancer? That was our No, whole let's thing. not let's not get crazy on this. I'm just looking for cost cutting measures. All right. I mean, look at all the time we waste telling the inner circle when they can and can't go outside. That alone cost twenty six million last well, year. Well, that's only because we had to develop the mobile app and I know, but IT it's still gonna be PBS. expensive. So okay, so do you guys have any suggestions on how we can trim this budget? Hmm. Well, what about fewer Norwegian prostitutes? Dude, then? fuck that. Why do I always have to be the one that makes sacrifices? Okay, dude, you hired one to play Smash Brothers the other night. You said you were too busy to play. I was busy. I think Heath might have a point here, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to solve the problem. All right, what about this? We could secretly poison the personal hygiene products of all the people we're currently paying off. All right, okay. Let's let's explore that one a bit. I of course, like it, it would have to be pretty, you know, hush-hush. Oh, like of course. We do everything. And we need to pay off some new chemists and some new truck drivers and, you know, big hygiene, grocery factory workers, workers, grocery store workers, distributors, doctors, statisticians, nurses, coroners, coroners, workers, bosses, OSHA, poison control, more prostitutes, emergency medical techers, bag boys, marketing people, news executives, Brian Williams... Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat, No Illusions. No, we've got a woman running for president. We do. Front runner. So here's the most important question. Is Hillary attractive enough? Oh, God. I guess she'd be the most fuckable president since Miller Fillmore, for whatever that's <laughs> worth. A uh... pantsuit seven. So before we get to our first headline, let's see what Twitter's doing to straw man GOP scarecrows. 
This week, we're working with hashtag Rand Paul campaign slogans. Would you like to play or pass? I don't want to seem eager to help this dude out, so you go. <laughs> Fair enough. About uh, Rand Paul. I've been kicking and screaming for years. Somebody drag me into the White House already. <laughs> Please. Or, or maybe Rand Paul. I swear the fact that I announced at the Galt House is just a coincidence. <laughs> so is really my made-up bullshit nickname for Randall. <laughs> or you Randall, asshole. There goes Rand Paul. All right. And this week's random stranger winner is at Lex Alexander, who went with Rand Paul, government small enough to fit inside your uterus. Well played, Lex Alexander. Indeed. Good job. In our lead story tonight, the much maligned We the People petition system is in the news for something other than calls for a functional Death Star, a nationalized Twinkie industry, or research on creating sexy female cat servants. In reaction to an atypically meaningful WhiteHouse.gov petition, the Obama administration voiced support last Wednesday for a ban on so-called conversion therapy, broadly defined as psychological treatment intended to turn gay kids straight and transgendered kids untransgendered or whatever. Okay, but... Isn't there already a ban on selling treatment for diseases that don't exist? I thought we already had something like that. Uh, homeopathy I would, would beg to differ. Now, <laughs> this announcement comes in part in response to the death of Leela Alcorn, a transgender teen who committed suicide last December after detailing the trauma and bigotry of conversion therapy in a suicide note that implored us to fix society instead of trying to fix the transgendered. And this is by no means an isolated incident. Not only is the entire concept of Dequerifying based on an antiquated model of human psychology, but the evidence is overwhelming that these programs are psychologically damaging and lead to increased rates of suicide among a segment of the population already at extremely high risk for exactly that. Yeah, I'm not saying that's murder by the conversion therapists. Not quite. But people died. And it's because of them. Whatever the word is for that yeah, right. is what's happening. Admittedly, this is a statement from the administration, not an executive order or a piece of legislation they're proposing. They aren't signaling any plans, in fact, to push for a federal ban at all and instead seem content to leave it to the states, which hasn't shown to be a particularly effective means of getting rights protected. <laughs> no. What's more, given the not evidence, exactly. one would think that you could just shut these centers down with existing fraud laws like the one in uh, the, in Jersey or, or child abuse laws or something. In fact, I'd venture that the most striking thing about this statement is that it's even necessary. Torturing children should already be against the rules, shouldn't it? Right. And in powder keg party news tonight, the NRA held its annual convention in Nashville, Tennessee over the weekend to make sure a well-organized group of dudes with rifles could still overthrow the national government at any time, which they can. So right. everybody can relax. Phew. Under normal circumstances, any such event would have been raided by the FBI pretty quickly, but close surveillance revealed that the only brown people inside were Ben Carson and Bobby Jindal. And he's only kind of brown. From the skin no, out. The, the, the state of uh, Tennessee was pretty stoked to hold the uh, convention there, though. They, they actually tried to repay them. And this is true. By passing a law this week that would make it legal to carry guns in all municipal parks. <laughs> yes, the places with the swing sets. And it wow. would have worked, too, if those damn Democrats didn't add a rider that would also have made it legal to carry those very same guns in those congressmen's offices. Oh, did they then back off? Good enough weird. for our kids, but not for their offices. <laughs> so aside from all the arm bearing, the event was a chance for GOP presidential hopefuls to take turns roasting Hillary Clinton while pretending to be more comfortable than Jeb Bush in a room full of people with large directional explosive devices. It also gave candidates a chance to address the chief concern among NRA members. And... That concern seems to be the hordes of liberal police officers lining up along a, a wall somewhere, getting ready to force them to eat their bread with the butter side down. Of course. And for this reason, they're demanding the right to escalate the conflict 
just like Dr. Seuss would have wanted. <laughs> With more on this story, we turn to roving reporter Lucinda Lusions, who is live at the NRA convention. Lucinda, how's the mood down there? I can't tell, Heath. Almost everybody here has a beard. Well, have you spoken with anyone? I've tried to, but these NRA types are notoriously suspicious. I'm going out of my way to fit in here, but they haven't softened up to me yet. Are you doing anything to earn their trust? I'm armed to the teeth. I've got an AR-15 over one shoulder, my G3 <laughs> over the other, a Glock holstered on each hip, a shoulder-mounted Gatling gun, a phased plasma rifle in the 40-watt range, a Revolutionary War era <laughs> musket. Where did you get all that stuff? Ever since you guys sent me to do a story at the rape lobby, I carry these on all my assignments, Heath. I see. Well, that was not a real place. So you just bought all those weapons, didn't you? Yeah, well, strangely enough, people still seem suspicious of me here. I keep adding more guns, but no matter how many I carry, they still seem a little standoffish. And by the way, carrying around 13 types of firearm is way more difficult than that guy on Grand Theft Auto makes it look. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. So have you seen any of the 2016 GOP presidential hopefuls there? I have. Ted Cruz was here earlier. Actually. Did you talk with him at all? Well, I tried, uh, but when I approached him with a newsie I wanted him to autograph, he ran into the men's room and put something heavy in front of the door. So. Why would he do that, do you think? Well, at first I thought he just wanted me to show him how easy an Uzi could Swiss cheese a men's room door, but judging by his shrill piercing screams, that definitely oh, wasn't what he had in mind. Are you saying you shot at Ted Cruz with a gun? No, no, I shot at a door, Heath. That Ted Cruz was hiding behind. Well, I wouldn't say hiding so much as cowering, but again, I didn't know that until I could see through all the bullet holes. Honest mistake, really. <laughs> I see. Has there been any kind of security response? Not really. The whole place seems to have cleared out a bit since then, though. Since you unloaded an Uzi at the men's room door with Ted Cruz inside. Yeah. I gotta say, it's a real shame my cats aren't here. They'd love all these little red laser dots on my chest. They're okay, that cool. would be... Adorable, but I really don't think you should do anything besides just putting down your weapons and surrendering. Oh, for fuck's sakes, Heath, you sound just like that FBI agent on the bullhorn. Whatever happened to prying them from my cold, dead hands? Okay, well, if I had to guess, I'd say that was plan B at this point. <sighs> Fine. Fuckers were getting heavy anyway. Thank you, Lucinda. Next up, we have a story from the billion-dollar coke problem file. Reports from the dictionary suggest that a political system allowing wealthy people to purchase election results is bad for democracy. It's actually not democracy, according no. to that dictionary. And nobody embodies this problem better than ultra-conservative billionaires Charles and David Koch, whose political action committee, Americans for Prosperity, or AFP, does exactly that. They spend disgusting amounts of money buying elections for immoderate Republicans. And reasonable Republicans, like... Florida State Senator Nancy Dietert are getting rightfully pissed about it. Well, no, I think, you know, look, we're mission statement here. We're trying to be fair. And I think that your description of them left a lot out because they don't just buy elections. They also undermine public education and try to replace it with unregulated religious schools. So let's tell both sides of the of the story. Here. That's what we're all about. Good point. Fair and balanced. Exactly. So earlier this month, one of their lobbyist chills, assistant Kokor Skyler Zander, that's his real name, Skyler showed up at a Senate hearing to stand in opposition to a bill sponsored by Senator Dietert as part of an ongoing AFP effort to discredit moderate conservatives. When Xander was asked to elaborate on his opposition to the bill, he gave a meaningless, uh, 
we're just against it, non-answer, at which point the senator responded, quote, I hope you're getting paid a lot of money by the Koch brothers to show up at these meetings and say meaningless things. You people serve absolutely no purpose, end and, quote. I mean, his answer was well, such so. horseshit that when they insisted that he state his opposition publicly, the entire room just laughed. <laughs> they like, they, they laughed in advance of this <laughs> response, quote, unfortunately, we still remain in opposition primarily because we're opposed to this program. End quote. Yes, his <laughs> argument was, was, we oppose this because we're in opposition to it. Right. And then the guy tried to defend himself a little bit. He says, you know, the AFP has thousands of donors besides just the Koch family, so Dieter asked him to name a few. And he refused, arguing that they're not required to disclose that information. Mm-hmm. To which she responded, oh, you're not transparent with your finances because of the bullshit law you lobbied for? We could probably change that. That's kind of our job. So, yeah, great point. From the GOP senator that should receive plenty of bipartisan support. How does anyone think. without nefarious donors argue against transparent donations? What the fuck are we waiting for? Right, yeah. As a general rule, the guy who's pro-cheating deserves a healthy dose of suspicion. And in Keys to the Empire news tonight, conservative activist, and that's pretty much it, Alan Keys went nuclear <laughs> Godwin in a World Net <laughs> Daily article last week with the title, Is Iran Deal Part of Obama Third Term Scheme? Hovering over a column that somehow <laughs> failed to simply read, no, Nothing similar not. to no either. In a convoluted tirade that managed to mix nuclear weapons, Nazis, violent <laughs> video games, ISIS beheadings, Shiite terrorism, the Clinton slash Muslim Brotherhood, and a Kenyan-led coup d'etat, Keyes explained that Obama's real goal is, is to instigate a nuclear war against America, which would then allow him to seize power and become a fascist military dictator. Well... Obama's the president now, and we still have the Patriot Act. So if he wants to be a fascist military dictator, that's pretty much all set up for yeah, him, isn't we it? Could get him some GW drones really or something. that up, I'd say. Now, Keyes, who definitely isn't still pissed about Obama beating him for the Illinois Senate seat in 2004, contends that the not. pundits who are saying that Obama's foreign policy is just misguided are giving him way too much credit. Quote, <laughs> most don't even hint at what might be his most sinister aim, i.e., to take America down. End <laughs> quote. That's true, Alan Keyes. Yes. Most people don't. <laughs> Why would that hint be? At that. Not, <laughs> not unless their job is losing elections for the last 30 years. Not right. unless they want the first sentence about them on Wikipedia to include the phrase perennial candidate for public office. Right. He's never <laughs> sentence. been appointed to a few things. <laughs> and in Consumption Junction news tonight, we have a story from Canada that may finally answer that age-old question. If overwhelming consensus among doctors isn't good enough, then what would it take to convince an anti-vaxxer mom that she's wrong? And the answer is, all seven of her kids getting a disease from Oregon Trail at the same time. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened. Yes, uh, it is. According to her Defection to Science letter posted on thescientificparent.org, Ottawa mother Tara Hills is officially no longer an anti-vaxxer after all seven of her unvaccinated children got whooping cough. Which means the first six Cured probably didn't do the cough. trick. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't want to you know, go out of my it. way here to demonize the lady who overruled real doctors with her Google degree and condemned her offspring to antiquated maladies, but... No, wait, no, that's exactly what I meant to do, so carry on. I'm glad she's coming around, but, you know. So, the best part of the letter might be the first sentence. Quote, I'm writing this from quarantine, the irony of which isn't lost on me, end quote. So, that's not what irony means. No, not Tuberculosis wards and biohazard bubbles are exactly where I'd expect to see anti-vaxxer defection letters written. Right, but- if you were writing to someone in quarantine, that <laughs> right. might be ironic. Ironic, no. yeah. But a great start nonetheless. Yeah. 
From there, she goes on to apologize to all the people in her community that she put at risk, which includes her five-month-old niece who also got whooping cough. Wow. And then she closes it out with the general message that idiots with clickbait websites should probably stop uncuring old-timey diseases because that's novel bad idea. for society. And in bad, even by the standards of Carolina's news tonight, South Carolina has upped the ante of psychopathy in the game of gay discrimination excuses with one of the most bizarre assertions in the history of amicus briefs. According to the state attorney general in South Carolina, the 14th Amendment can't protect gay people, otherwise it would also have to apply to women. (laughs) Well, it's true that if you consider people to be the plural of person, then the 14th <laughs> Amendment does protect gay people and also female people. But that's probably not what they meant, is it? No, no. unfortunately, not at all. The argument starts with a bit of historical prestidigitation about the original 14th Amendment debates and then acts like all of jurisprudence in the intervening 147 years somehow doesn't count. Citing assurance g- given in 1868 that the amendment wouldn't give women the right to own property, Attorney General Alan Wilson argues that gay people have way more in common with women than, than black people and thus don't <laughs> deserve protection under the 14th Amendment. So, just for the blacks. What are they going to do now? Are they going to outlaw gay weddings unless it's two black gay people right. getting married? Is that really the plan? I don't even think they realize that gays come in black. And in veal skim shady news tonight, a dairy farm in Leroy, Minnesota, was the victim of a large heist earlier this month, during which thieves made away with about $70,000 worth of valuables. This included a half-gallon-sized container worth about $500, which can be used to hold any number of liquids. Unfortunately for the farm owner, at the time of the burglary, he was using said container to hold about $69,500 worth of bull semen. Wow. Now, I guess that seems like it would be a lot of bull spunk, but but think about how much you actually have to pay somebody to suck off a bull and then not swallow, you know, like spit into the bucket afterwards. That's probably a time-consuming process. It's dangerous. So, So here's what I learned today. First of all, if you want to get into the cow sperm game, you know, even just as a, like a hobbyist collector, it's pretty expensive. <laughs> even just to get started with your basic jug, that's right. pretty, pretty expensive. Almost prohibitively expensive, especially considering you then have to buy ejaculate. So that was a good lesson. Glad I learned that. I also learned that it would come in the form of small sealed tubes if I did start collecting this sort of thing. Which means there's a guy who got paid to felch those up. Oh, God. From a large vat. A guy, there had to be a guy who did that. And finally, I learned that there does exist a black market for bull semen. And there's at least one guy in Minnesota whose job is called bovine semen fence or something similar. He fences bovine semen. And that guy needs a business card. So, of course, we mentioned this to our international network of Vaguely offensive writing in turn. Vaguely, my ass. So we commissioned our brand new team of human-animal hybrids born of tragic donkey show condom malfunctions to come up with our top five slogans for the black market livestock sperm bank. Yes, we did. I really feel like we're underutilizing the team. There's so many things that they can do. We're going to have them come up with shitty puns or whatever. We'll see how they did. At number five. Muilking the prostate, the experts in seminal fluid kinamics. See, now we set that joke up weeks ago with the word of the day. Well done. <laughs> Teed it right up. At number four, the rare medium Silk Road. 
non-dairy creamer from the Mood Ranch. That's a damn strong latte. <laughs> number three, just the tipping. A wide variety of fencing options for hot cow sperm. I like mine over ice, stolen, but to each his own. Stolen cow sperm. At number two, hot stone creamery happy ending massage. Sticky fingers you can count on. And at number one, Glory Holsteins. We kneel for your veal. <laughs> and just to be clear, we don't mean underage cow porn. Uh, not no. under. <laughs> what we mean is we would blow a, adult cows and then we, we would, would then give the semen crossing. to you from the ad- very adult cow that we had just blown. <laughs> you just to be clear, blown. I, I, our I, legal I'm, department I'm not, wanted us to I'm not blowing say any bulls. <laughs> We put that up as like a Patreon goal, you know, like or something like that. But I'm not doing it right now. We're not making enough for it. <laughs> that's going to do it for episode 12. Thanks to the man, the myth, the wordsmith. No illusions. Thanks to his lovely wife, Lucinda, for covering the latest upgrades in deer massacre technology. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Trevor and Brooke, whose genitals have been perplexing physicists for years by leaving New York and Chicago simultaneously, often traveling at different speeds. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more unsolicited dick jokes free of charge, check out our podcast award-nominated sister show, The Scathing Atheist, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or directly from scathingatheist.com. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Fender Rhodes Scholar Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next week, catchphrase sign-off. You pooted. With. <laughs> <laughs>